Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Jim Ryan, and together we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today we are headed back out to the North Oregon coast for a little winter visit to the town of Seaside. And Jamie, you recently spent a few days out there, and I bet you have a couple of recommendations for us. (laughs) Uh, Jim, you know me so well. (laughs) Um Obviously, I have a few recommendations, uh, suggestions, maybe even a warning or two for folks who might want to go head out and check out Seaside this winter. Because, Jim, I I think it really is a a good winter coast trip for anyone who really is just feeling like they want to get out to the ocean right now. Yeah, uh, Jamie, I would tend to agree because uh, so uh, um, among the various hats that I wear at uh, the Oregonian and Oregon Live, one of them is being uh, our editor on Saturdays. And uh, Jamie, I, I don't think you missed this, but on a recent Saturday uh, in January, there was a uh, I think it was a tsunami advisory was the technical uh, yeah. technical reading, not a warning. I think advisory was correct. I, I, I might kick myself if that's wrong but uh so as i uh tend to do folks uh of course you're not supposed to go to the ocean but what do reporters do they go toward uh toward the action so i i sent a, a reporter and photographer out to seaside to to survey the scene and jamie thankfully the tsunami waves did not end up being of the threatening variety uh, for our neck of the woods, but uh, some folks were out there enjoying the uh, enjoying the day, not exactly heeding warnings about the tsunami waves. And I will say, uh, you know, take away the tsunami action, pretend that doesn't exist, and it looked like a pretty enjoyable spot to spend a day along the coast during the winter time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with, with the caveat again here of when there's a tsunami warning yeah. or advisory or whatever, do not go to the coast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that said, that, that is not the advice to take <laughs> that, away from this. That aside, um, I think, I mean, Seaside is one of these towns where I, to be honest, Jim, I, I typically uh, avoid going to Seaside. Mm. Um, it is, you know, one of the, the, busiest Oregon coast towns, I think. Um, in the summertime, it, it can just get completely packed with people where you can't find anywhere to park. And there's just tons of crowds in the streets and you know, all the storefronts are filling up. It's a place that I, I, that I think I'm sure I'm not alone in this, that I typically think that's not really where I want to go when it comes to going to Oregon coast beach towns. And that's always made me feel kind of um, sad, um, feel kind of guilty about because I don't like there being an Oregon coast beach town. I just don't go to. Mm -hmm. Um, so the idea for this winter coast trip was like, okay, well let's, let's go to seaside when it's a little bit less crowded. If that's an issue for me personally, then let's go, you know, in the dead of January, um, when there's, you know, not going to be nearly as many people, but you're still going to have things that are open, um, restaurants you can still go to cafes and bakeries and beaches and, you know, in the wintertime, you might get a real blustery, rainy day, but you also might get a really beautiful, sunny day. And when you have the the forces aligned like that, it can be a really, really nice spot right there to go spend a day at the beach. 
Yeah, Lord knows uh, that we've had some of both of those recently. The very nice, beautiful, sunny day and the, oh my gosh, this is Oregon in the wintertime, kind of blustery, breezy, wet, typical full value adventure weather. And Jamie, a lot of your recommendations are, what I like about them is they're good to go pretty much either way. Mm-hmm. Typically, yeah, and it, it's you know, there's the thing about seaside is that there's a lot to do. You know, there's a lot of places um, to check out that are good for the summer, that are good for the winter. You know, if you're comfortable going out on the beach in the rain, there's some great stuff to do out there as well. You know, and so I I tend to just kind of load up my itinerary with a bunch of stuff to do. So that this is where the recommendations part of our episode uh-huh. comes in. And um, Jim, there's a lot of ways we can do this, and we've done it before. But I figured I would just kind of go through my uh, three day itinerary and. Uh, Talk about what I found out there this winter. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Uh, this is not a, a terribly difficult place to get to for a lot of Oregonians. And uh, like you said, plenty to get after. So, Jamie, take us away with day one. What do you got? Well, so Seaside, just like you said, Jim, you know, is a pretty close drive just up uh, US 26, heading out from the suburbs that are west of Portland, going through uh, the coast range, kind of around the Clatsop State Forest. And emerging there on 101, just north of Cannon Beach. So instead of going south of Cannon Beach, you head north of 101 to Seaside, and the town is right there. So um, when I got there, I kind of had planned to just sort of check out town, walk around for a little bit until my um, hotel reservation uh, opened up for the night. But as soon as I got into town, I got a call from the Gilbert Inn saying, hey, your hotel room is ready whenever. So I was able to pop in town around noon and go straight to the hotel. And Jim, I, I really like this particular place to stay in Seaside. People who have been to Seaside before know that this is kind of a town known for its maybe its high rise hotels, um, you know, the bigger, yeah. taller buildings that have just a ton of rooms in them. You know, those, you know, more kind of resort kinds of places, a lot of that kind of thing. Uh, in the midst of all of those high rise buildings, you have this little old historic house called the Gilbert Inn. And this was um, built by one of the founding fathers of the town of Seaside, uh, Alexander Gilbert. And it's been there since the basically the turn of the century. I want to say like 1892 or so is when Whoa. it was built. And um, it started off as a little cabin um, just for him and his family. And it turned it into an inn, basically. So these days, it's this old historic uh, bed and breakfast where you can stay. There's some, you know, not a ton of rooms, but these really nice sort of old charming rooms. Um, they serve you breakfast in the morning. If you want, there's also a lot of great breakfast places in seaside. And it, I thought it was just a really nice place to stay just a, just, you know, not too far from the beach. You just a couple minutes walks from the promenade. So it's right in the middle of all the action. You can walk to dinner, you can walk to breakfast, you can walk to the beach. Um, and yet it's not sort of one of these big chain hotels. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it, no. it's something a little bit different from what you normally associate with Seaside. I like that a lot. Changing up the norm, changing up the idea of where, let's be honest, a lot of people stay uh, in those in those tall hotels, which there's nothing wrong with, but a little bit different experience and keeps you right in the heart of things, which ultimately preserves kind of that experience that you want to have by staying at Seaside, let's be honest. So you've landed in town, you found your spot. Where are you going? Jim, Seaside is such a walkable town. That's what I love about it. And so I immediately, I'm hitting the streets, just walking around, checking out some of the old little shops in there, the nautical antique shop. You know, there's the bookshop in town, um, all kinds of little storefronts to check out. Um, Poking in and out of there until I got hungry enough for for lunch. And I decided to stop off at this place called The Stand, um, which is, uh, you know, a 
taco restaurant, basically. They do other stuff as well, but the tacos are kind of where it's at and just had this great big, you know, meaty taco, basically. <laughs> Love that. Um, just, you know, the hot sauce and everything. And it was, it was one of these classic, you know, spots where, um, you know, there's a lot of like a nicer restaurants in Seaside and we'll talk about those in a bit, but there's also a lot of these really great lunch spots, whether you're talking about fish and chips, tacos, um, you name it. There's a lot of places where you can get just a real quick, casual lunch. And for my money, the stand is one of those spots. One thing to note about this place and a couple other places in Seaside is that it is cash only. Ah. And there are a few restaurants in Seaside that are still cash only. So um, I, this is something I was not prepared for and had to go you know, to the carousel uh, in the middle of town to go to an ATM to get some cash. Um, carry cash for your tacos and for your other things in Seaside. That's good advice right there. Practical. You got yeah, exactly. to let the people know uh, so they can save some time and uh, maybe an ATM transaction fee. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, we were talking about the weather on the coast in this time of year. Uh, that first night I was in town, it was totally blustery, rainy, cloudy. I was hoping for a nice sunset, did not even come close Ooh. to getting a nice sunset. So I just kind of watched, you know, the beach get a little bit dimmer and dimmer and uh, later decided to go get dinner at one of these really interesting looking places. It's the Times Theater and Public House. So this is an old movie theater in downtown Seaside that they have converted into oh, wow. a pub, basically. So Seaside Brewing Company is there. Um, they've got kind of your basic fare, burgers, fries, um, salads, that kind of stuff. But they have a big movie screen in the pub where they're showing sometimes movies. When I was there, they were showing uh, an NBA game. Um, so, you know, uh, you, you can catch something on the big screen while you're eating dinner, having a beer, um, a nice spot just to sort of hang out and, uh, enjoy the evening. Man, that sounds cool. Uh, I, I love the old kind of converted, whatever it was before it carries that motif forward and what it is now, uh, kind of places for lack of a more concise way of, of putting that Jamie, uh, very cool spot and fun to catch a game, fun to catch a movie. I'm sure they've got all sorts of good stuff going on there. So that only hits roughly one third of the itinerary here for your three days. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, geez, we could, we could keep going and going and going, but day two, uh, rumor has it, AKA our planning document says you went out to, uh, Gearheart here for, uh, the start of your second day. So Gearheart is just basically just right up 101 from seaside. It's just up the beach on the other side of the, of the river that runs through town there. And it's a, just a nice little sort of much quieter, smaller town. You're not going to find a bunch of stuff, but you will find a few little places to go check out on your way to um, either the beach or to the golf course that's there. So what I did, Jim, is I woke up in the morning and drove out. My idea was to go check out the Pacific Way Bakery, um, which is a, a very well-known local spot. Um, but they are, unfortunately, were closed. Ooh. Um, I think due to COVID, um, Defeat. their main restaurant there is closed and, uh, apparently permanently, which is very sad. And the bakery there was, um, also appeared to be closed at least temporarily. So, um, something to know for folks, if you're used to going there, that that is, um, not in a great spot right now, but, but right across the street, there's a coffee shop called by the way, it's like a little gift shop and they have, uh, you know, a espresso bar inside there and Jim, they serve up. Uh, coffee that is uh, roasted by Sleepy Monk based in Cannon Beach. Oh, I don't know if you've ever been to Sleepy cool. Monk, but that is some of the best coffee on the coast, hands down. So when you're looking for coffee in Seaside or anywhere on the coast and you see Sleepy Monk in the window, that's the spot you want to go. So I got a, a great, great cup of coffee 
uh, by the way, and was able just to walk straight there out to the beach um, there in Gearheart. Yeah. And it was one of those, unlike the day before, it was one of these classic, beautiful Oregon Coast winter days. The light was just golden off of that kind of brown dune grass. The beach was a little bit frosty. You know, the, the ocean was just gorgeous and had just a beautiful day walking up and down the beach there. Sounds fantastic. And and kind of getting the best of both worlds, right? Get your blustery kind of hunker down and enjoy some good meals kind of day. And then your get up and go sunset on the beach, uh, just straight up beautiful type of weather day. And Jamie, if I remember correctly, you posted some really cool photos, unique photos from the beach there in, uh, in Gearheart. The light was so glorious. Um, I was just like enamored with it, (laughs) just kind of walking around in the dune grass and taking pictures. Um, I, I just was, I mean, I usually love to go right out to the ocean, right to the water, Mm -hmm. but I was just, just loved the way the light played off the dune grass there. Um, just absolutely beautiful. And that's, that's kind of what I love about this stretch of beach here. Um, there's so many little things you can find in and out, little hidden, uh, attractions and pockets. Um, after I did all this, I drove back into, um, seaside after getting some lunch at, um, sunshine teriyaki on the way back and, uh, found on the beach in seaside, this little place called painted rock beach. There was just all these little painted rocks. It's not on the beach. It's kind of up off the beach on someone's at the edge of someone's property. And people leave these little rocks painted with little sayings, um, you know, whether it's like, you know, remembering their trip, their family, mm-hmm. or a lot of them were remembering people who had died sort of in memoriam. Mm-hmm. And it was this, this kind of beautiful little community project they had there, um, right there at Painted Rock Beach. It was a, a sweet little, sweet little attraction to go see. Sounds like it. Very, very touching, uh, and unique as well. I, I like that a lot. Uh, and, and Jamie, we'd be remiss not to, uh, not to reference how to cap off the day. Uh, where'd you go eat? We're all about the food recommendations. If oh, we're being yeah. honest, so I, this is one I was most excited about. This was Nani's Italian Bistro, which is an Italian place that is right there in town. And, you know, I, I grew up partly on the, in the East coast. So I, I, I feel like I'm a little bit of an Italian food snob, just a little bit. Um, and I don't, often find really good Italian on the coast. There's a couple of places in particular that are really good, but this spot was excellent. And I really just highly recommend it. I had um, some great pesto, um, a great glass of wine and was able to just sit in and have a really nice dinner in downtown seaside. No reservations, got in, got a table. Um, so it was no problem getting in there on a Friday night. That is a good word to the wise, Jamie. Uh, so to wrap things up here, uh, with the mega three day itinerary, uh, your Saturday action was highlighted by some hikes outside of seaside proper in the Clatsop State Forest. Yeah. You know, Jim, that, that last morning in town, I woke up and I mean, the plan was to go to a bunch of, um, cafes and bakeries, but, um, because of COVID, they were all closed. <laughs> the ones I was trying to go to. Um, so yeah, I took a little walk on the beach, got a little butt to eat in town and then decided to spend my morning instead hiking out in the Clatsop State Forest, which, as you mentioned, is there on sides of 26. Mm-hmm. And there are a bunch of really good little hikes that are just off the, off the, the highway there or a little bit of a drive off the highway. Um, I did one out at Bloom Lake. I did one out at Lost Lake. I did one out at a place called Soapstone Lake. Um, all these little tiny lakes just hidden right there in the Clatsop State Forest. It was a really nice, nice way to sort of cap off the trip. 
Very cool. Jamie, uh, I want to hear a lot more about those hikes in the Clatsop State Forest, as well as some other things to do on the way home or headed out to Seaside. But first, let's take a short break. All right, folks, we are back talking about things to do in the lovely little town of Seaside, but right now, things to do in the Clatsop State Forest nearby. Jamie, that was your Saturday of the three-day trip. Lay it on us. What uh, what are the recommendations for Clatsop State Forest? Hey, Jim, this is like, you know, uh, it's kind of a patchwork state forest where there's just a lot of little attractions kind of all around the area. Um, you know, I mentioned some of those lakes we hiked to, and of those, I really liked Soapstone Lake the best. Um, it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a drive off 26, but it's this really nice little hike. It's not too difficult. It's not too far. And it leads you to just this really peaceful little shallow. I'm not even sure if you can call it a lake. It's maybe more of like a marsh. Okay. Um, and I think if you went there in the summer, it might not be there. <laughs> um, but it's just a, a really cute little hike through this nice evergreen forest, which when you have a rainy day, um, is just a perfect spot to go check out. Sounds great to me. Uh, and seasonally dependent. So go get after it folks. Uh, but that's not all Jamie, uh, Clatsop state forest was one of the things to do, but you hit plenty else on your way home. Uh, one, one spot in particular, I'll let you pick which one it is from our planning doc that I've (laughs) looked at a bunch, always kind of wondered about and always passed by. So I'm, I'm glad you've stopped. I'm so curious which one that is, but I'm, I'm going to start off, Jim, with, with, um, a place called Jewel Meadows. Okay. All right. You're, you're, and uh, I, I jumped ahead. So you, uh, you jumped ahead. I, right? It's okay. No. Jewel Meadows is a cool little spot though. It's, it, it's not, um, uh, it's, it's a little bit far off the highway, but it's a cool spot. It's an elk viewpoint is what it is. Hmm. So, um, there are herd of herds of elk that live out there in these meadows and are protected out there. And you drive all the way out there, you pull off the viewpoint. And if you're lucky, they will be close to where you park, <laughs> close to the viewpoint. And I, when I showed up that morning, they, they were, they were pretty close and I got some good pictures of them. Um, if you're really lucky, you might see them, you know, battling with one another with their antlers or doing their mating calls, um, or that kind of stuff. But, um, it's a cool spot to check out. If you're into wildlife, you want a little bit more of a side trip, a little bit farther of an excursion off the highway. That's a great spot to check out. Um, Jim, I'm wondering if you were talking about camp 18, Uh you are correct. I've always wondered about it. (laughs) Never stopped. Super intrigued. It's the camp 18 is this restaurant that's right on the side of 26. And it's sort of like this classic, um, it's a classic Oregon landmark. I think, you know, it's kind of got the, the, the log cabin style interior. Um, they've got a logging museum there. It's kind of like your lumberjack restaurant, right? Um, so you can go get yourself, you know, a, a big breakfast, uh, maybe a giant cinnamon roll or some, you know, biscuits and gravy or a hamburger or that kind of stuff. You know, they've got wood carvings out front. Um, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a hoot, I think is what it is. And it, it's a great <laughs> spot. If you've got like a family, you know, a bunch of people who are looking for just like a, a big filling dinner out on the road. Uh, if you want to stop by for breakfast on the way home or the way out there, it, it's a just a great spot to stop. I love it. Uh, and I finally know what's up with it. But that is not the last thing, Jamie. We are just trucking on through. You've got one or two more for us. <laughs> yeah, Jim, one of my, actually my favorite spots on this drive out to Seaside is um, this little county park called Cloochie Creek, K-L-O-O-T-C-H-Y. 
And it is home to um, what was formerly one of the largest trees in Oregon, um, a giant Sitka spruce that once measured 200 feet tall with a 17 foot diameter. Oh, gosh. And a circumference of 56 feet. It was huge. And um, unfortunately, in uh, 2007, a windstorm um, took it down. Oh. And it is now basically just a really large, magnificent stump. <laughs> Um, which is, I mean, I, it's not, I know it's not the same as like an enormous tree, but just even the stump, you get like this sense of how tall it is. Yeah. When I say stump. I don't mean it's like six feet tall. I mean, it is still a, an enormously tall stump. Oh, okay. Um, but you just walking up to that, you get a sense of like how big the trees out in this part of the, of, of the country get. I mean, we've talked about those rainy days on the yeah. coast and how they feed these, these trees, these evergreens. And when you see a tree that large, you get really get a sense of, you know, that this is a, you know, a, a really, really well-fed rainforest out here. And a lot of it has been logged, um, as you might see by going to Camp 18. Yep. Um, but, you know, when you see remnants of what the forest once was, it's really special, Jim. So I think I like Cloochie Creek as a place to go get a sense of how special that was. I never would have thought, Jamie, that a uh, large stump would make our highlights list, if I'm being completely <laughs> honest, right? I'm like, man, he's talking about a stump. But actually, if it's a magnificent stump, I'll endorse the stump. Get after it, people. Go check it out. Uh, I, I definitely take your word for it there. And, uh, Jamie, we, we skipped one thing on the list that you were like, hey, in the break, let, let's go back and make sure we talk about this. <laughs> uh, so in a, a show of many recommendations, perhaps saving the best for last. Yeah, Jim, uh, one of my favorite things to do in winter in Seaside is to go play Fascination at yes. the Funland Arcade. Um, so this is not a, a typical arcade game in the modern sense. There's no flashing lights. I guess there's some flashing lights, but it's like an old, like, I was like 1930s era arcade game that used to be all over the country. Um, it's kind of like a mix of like bingo and ski ball uh, in a weird way. Um, you have to roll this rubber ball up this ramp and get it into, you know, all these holes that are there and get, you know, like uh, a row of them lit up all at, all at once. And you're racing against everyone else in the room. Um, and in these long winter nights, you get folks out there, locals, you get, you know, families that are passing through, teenagers who are there playing the basketball tournament in Seaside every year. Um, and it gets like real rowdy and real competitive and really fun. Um, and it's, you know, a quarter of play, um, which is just fabulous. Right. And I, I love being in there, you know, you can spend an hour or two or even some people spend a lot longer just in there playing fascination. And when you get these sort of dark stormy nights where maybe it's not a great sunset, maybe it's not a great time to walk around town or go check out the beach, sitting in there playing fascination with a bunch of locals and a bunch of people in that community is just such a cool way to experience Seaside. A little nostalgic, a little competitive, a little bit, uh, you know, the kind of experience that brings people together who didn't mm -hmm. arrive together, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. You know, make, make a new friend, make a new competitor, a new foe becomes your friend uh that sounds like a good old time jamie fascination i i was not up to speed on it and now i am and i kind of want to play uh but that is not in the cards for me uh this afternoon so uh <laughs> jamie excellent roundup of uh suggestions of things to note in the lovely town of seaside anything else before we break jim i would say folks who, who don't go to seaside um for the reasons that i have not gone to seaside a lot check it out. You know, it, it deserves your chance. There's a lot of really great stuff to see there. A lot of great places to eat, um, places to stay. 
Um, you know, going there just with a little bit of, of, you know, different kinds of, of approach, going in the winter, going on a weekday. Um, you can avoid all of those crowds that might be there in the summertime that might turn you off and have a really nice time. There you go. And if there's a tsunami advisory, don't go to town. <laughs> don't right? go. I, I just feel Please. like I need to say that abruptly <laughs> uh, at the end. I'm, I'm the one who entered tsunami into the chat <laughs> to speak like the kids. And uh, maybe the kids aren't saying that. I don't know. But uh, yeah, yeah, don't, don't, don't do that. Uh, I mean, the beach was busy during the advisory, uh, at least at Seaside. And uh, while it wasn't an immediately uh, particularly alarming situation as it met uh, our journalist's eye out there. Get the heck out of there. Go do something else. That's my two cents. Uh, I'll drop the mic and get out, get out of here. Call me a curmudgeon, but I'm not messing with that. And I would prefer it if others don't either. So, Jamie, I'm going to end the show on that lovely, uh, lovely note <laughs> and say, folks, until next time, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast and our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details, of course, at OregonLive.com slash pod support. This episode of the show is produced by me, Jim Ryan, alongside Jamie Hale and Andrew Thien. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of sound.